Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Sharon from Citrix join us. Sharon, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Sure. Hi, my name is Sharon, and I'm the Senior Director of Readiness and Enablement uh, for Citrix. Uh, Citrix is an American company that's based uh, in Florida. Um, I'm responsible for leading the sales preparedness for our sellers and our systems engineers across Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, I'm a native New Yorker, and I've been living in Europe for over 20 years now. Well, Sharon, I'm excited to have you join us. Uh, one of your areas of expertise is around promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. So Sharon, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the common mistakes that organizations make when trying to implement impactful DE&I programs? And what are the potential impacts of those mistakes on organizational health? Well, I think one of the mistakes you see very often is organizations engage in what I would consider feel-good, high-visibility, diversity and inclusion activities, which is basically like a a one-off thing, you know, let's have a cultural food fair, or let's have a film festival that is showing films from this underrepresented group or something like that, but they're not part of a broader DNI strategic imperative. And people feel when that's happening as not being really uh, authentic in any sort of way. And the other thing that uh, can derail a DNI program um, is the actual lack of focus on the I part, which is the inclusion part of that equation. And what that effectively means is that people feel like they are an insider or they're not an insider. If they're feeling inclusion, they feel like they're being treated as an insider and that they're allowed to retain their uniqueness as well um, and that they're able to express themselves authentically. And the risk of getting that wrong is basically that you have issues uh, with lower engagement, you know, so effectively disengagement of employees, which impacts productivity and the realization of any of your strategic uh, imperatives. Mm, Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic point. You also recently wrote in an article that diversity will not work as long as organizations do not ensure inclusions to your point that you just made. So how can enablement help organizations overcome this and and drive that inclusiveness? Sure. Well, you know, I think one of the areas to to start uh, this sort of examination is just looking at your onboarding process, Um, you know, or people are joining the organization throughout the year. And one would and should look at, you know, first off, who's delivering your onboarding? Is do, Are those people representing a diverse group of whatever, you know, demographic uh, or, or ethnic uh, demographic, uh, geographical demographic exists in your area? Um, the other thing is, how are the people who are leading your onboarding, how are they actually 
engaging with the group and interacting with the new hires? Are they allowing all of the voices in the room to be heard? Because this is really setting the stage for how the organization behaves culturally. And those new employees and new hires are going to take that back into the field with them. And then the other point I'd like to raise here is just an examination of your training materials and the content that you're using. You know, does it link actually to the geographical or cultural differences of the participants? Or is it very American-centric or European-centric, depending on where you're located? And this is of particular importance for those organizations who are training global sales forces. And this is actually a point of... um, concern when you get the post uh, onboarding surveys, oftentimes you hear that the examples have absolutely nothing to do or are completely divorced from the environment that the seller is working in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think those are really good areas to focus on in order to better incorporate inclusion. Um, Now, you also mentioned in the article something about psychological safety and how critical that is to inclusion. What are some ways that enablement can help cultivate psychological safety among sales teams? Well, you know, psychological safety is this this idea that people feel like they can speak without repercussion. And so, you know, one of the things that I think has to be a focus is on how feedback is delivered and it needs to be delivered in a constructive way. It needs uh, to remove any sort of personal angle to it. Um, And in addition to that, people need and enablement can be very supporting in driving home this message that we can learn from our failures. So when you think about role-playing exercises that we often put our sellers through, uh, when they don't excel at that role-playing exercise, the way that you give the feedback is really important. Uh, Is it delivered in a constructive way? Um, Are the participants instructed on how they should give feedback? Is the recipient Uh, instructed on how they should receive that feedback. And then more importantly, if the feedback is constructive, how can we learn from it? So mistakes should really be framed as learning opportunities. Mm, I think that's a fantastic way to think about it. Now, you're also passionate about mentorship and professional development, um, as am I. And I'd love to hear from you, how can enablement help remove barriers to ensure that there's equity and the opportunity for reps to succeed and advance their careers. Some organizations have a very tight alignment with um, enablement and recruitment. Um, And oftentimes what we discover is a typical profile is being recruited for sales roles. And so if enablement has any way of influencing that, One of the areas where one can be particularly vocal is about looking outside of that stereotypical seller profile that the company or the organization has embraced for hiring. So that's one area. Um, And then if you do happen to have a group of hires who are diverse, those who are falling outside of this stereotypical profile 
need to be included. They need to be brought in. And that's when you have an enablement facilitator or a trainer who can really make that happen, making sure that all of the voices are heard and that uh, people are assigned mentors. And so, again, depending on the kind of organization or structure you have up and how uh, aligned uh, the readiness team is with uh, those kinds of activities, who are the people who are getting mentors? Is it the typical sales profile, meaning, you know, a certain gender, a certain age? Um, Who's allowed to be a mentor is the other thing. I think we have to open our mind about the mentoring pool. And, you know, one thing that I've read about recently um, is that at any single time in a larger organization, you may have five generations of people working there. And so if you have five generations of folks working under one uh, corporate structure or one you know, business, then how are we going to include them all in our development strategies? Um, are we making decisions that all of them are worth investing in, those who are obviously motivated and who want to grow? Or are we focusing our energies on those who fit a specific profile or fall into a very specific age category. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I believe that the professional development should be not limited to any particular group, but across, you know, the whole swath of employees that you have, no matter which age group or demographic they're falling into. Mm, I think that's very important to call attention to. In a recent LinkedIn post, you know, on a similar vein, um, you talked about the importance of, of compassion in the workplace. So from your perspective, how can compassion help people be more effective and authentic leaders? Well, if we think about compassion, we think about it as having positive or good intentions and genuine concern for others. So when you're able to listen and hear people without judgment and then really show empathy in an authentic way, what happens is it eventually leads you to greater understanding of the people who you're leading or the people on your team. And what that then drives, and this is what the dividend, is that you know it really invites sharing and openness from your team. And this strengthening of the communication um, is absolutely valuable. Um, Invariably, what you end up getting is more creativity around problem solving, um, increased engagement, and a lot of openness, not just in a single direction of employee to manager or leader, but also amongst the team and the employee group. I think that's fantastic, Sharon. Thank you so much for joining us today. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know.